Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. Yeah, That seemed pretty good. It did. But yeah, now Ruby's just all uh, drugged up. Nice. And uh, they had to shave her, her tummy. So she, yeah. <laughs> she's very unhappy. Uh, she's being a dr- even more dramatic husky. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was ridiculous. They were like, hey, can you give her um this mild sedative before she comes here since we know she's not good at the vet? And we're like, okay, we gave her this sedative. It did nothing. It does, yeah. And we got yeah. there, and Usually. I was like, yeah, she. believe it or not, she's already on it. And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> <sighs> it's like it's like when we adopted Vivi and she ate all of the calm treats. She like broke into the food cabinet <laughs> and there's the, the the ARL gave us a bag full of treats to calm her. And she broke in, ate all of them at one go, was not chill. Wow. So it's like they do nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's shocking how some dogs just... Just move around it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> Same thing with my children. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now that we've uh, discussed the similarities between dogs and humans, small humans. <laughs> hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my movie about a greedy film producer who assembles a team of movie makers and sets out for the infamous Bone Island, where they find more than just cannibalistic natives. They also find a surprisingly sexy primate who lights up the stage, Queen Kong. Not gonna lie, that movie awakened some things within me I wasn't prepared to deal with. I mean... I'll just say I was doing a lot of directing with one hand, if you know what I'm saying. Ew. <laughs> well, because he, he needed his other hand to, you know, pull focus. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Is that what they're calling it nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man, suit actor, contortionist, mime, green suit guy. You may know me from my role as the sandwich Tom Cruise throws against the window in War of the Worlds. Oh, another iconic role. Thank you. It took a lot of training to make sure, like, I ejected the condiments properly <laughs> well done well done hi i'm matt paul and i'm totally not a script doctor so you definitely don't know me from writing the line the island is real it's us <laughs> in michael bay's the island it's true though <laughs> i mean i think it's a good line well done i mean not well done because <laughs> you didn't do it anyway right. Once again, in an affront to my hopes of the previous episode getting Michael Bay's attention so I can convince him to direct my Youngblood v. Brigade Dawn of Pouches spec script, we have some corrections from the previous episode. Uh, So when we were talking, we talked about Hobo with a Shotgun. It came up uh, during corrections, I believe. And Tim was saying that in Hobo with a Shotgun, uh, the, 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 the girl in it, Abby, joins the plague at the end. And this is actually, and I was like, that sounds familiar, but I don't remember seeing it. And it's actually because it's an extended ending that was taken out of the final cut. Uh, Abby's hand is replaced by a Gatling-style shotgun, and she becomes a new member of the plague. Um, I don't know if it was, did you did you ever see it, Tim? Was it, like, put online at some point? Because I, I can't remember if I've seen it or not. Or did you just read it? I can't remember if I've seen it either. And that's just proves how long I've seen it's been since I've seen Hobo with a Shotgun and, and it, uh, combined with the trivia I knew about it. Right, right. So I don't remember seeing it either, but I could have. I don't know. I just know in my head 
that is the canonical ending for me. All right. <laughs> also, I just wanted to say uh, we talked about the new release movie Knights of the Zodiac, which I, I was seemingly corrected as like a co-Japanese production. The star Mac and you, uh, we just want to make sure that's not confused for my spec script for a sequel to Mac and me. Um, that that is a different that's a person. His name is Mac and you. I just want to make sure everyone knows. Right. And Knights of the, and, and unlike Mac and me, Knights of the Zodiac is not sponsored by McDonald's. No, no. For the record. For the record. And also, finally, uh, some things related to the island. Um, was the island set in 2019 or not? Uh, I was I was under the impression that they were just told it was 2019, and it actually was later than that. I looked around. I even, I, I even uh, since I couldn't find any information anywhere, I even found the script for the movie and did a Control-F looking for different things to find the year or whatever. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. Best I could find was I, I think I was confused about a line about the eugenics laws of 2015. It's possible I thought they were saying 2050. Um, and that might have been why I thought it was set at a different time. See, I mean, that just further shows you how important it is to watch with subtitles on no matter what. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, also, I, it occurred to me after we t- I was talking about how Michael Bay, like, just kind of makes stars when he puts them in his movies. And I think yeah. you could write, like, a really fascinating thesis on racism in Hollywood about how Jim Hansu didn't have the same career response as other people in Michael Bay movies. Because that was totally a star-making role in that movie. The way, the way Bay shot him, he looks so cool and everything, and it's... I find it really fascinating that he did not have the same kind of shift in his career that other actors did and uh i i think that's really intriguing and he would agree with you you know someone smarter than me could definitely write something really interesting about how if he were an american black man it might have worked for him i i don't know there's something there i'm sure of it yeah um also worth mentioning when i was listening back to the episode matt you talked about how that kid how sarah jordan's kid is going to be traumatized for life and it really <laughs> occurred to me exactly how traumatized that kid is going to be because they're going to be like, oh, your mother never came out of her coma. I'm sorry, blah, blah. And he's going to be like, what are you talking about? I talked to her on the phone. I saw her face in the video screen. She's alive. That's so fucked up. <laughs> yep. It's going to be great. This kid's going to become a huge conspiracy theorist when he grows up and cause a lot of mayhem my god that poor kid <laughs> i smell a sequel yeah <laughs> i never thought of that matt good point and also i want to correct myself i talked about how the cop cars in the island were dodge chargers um and then i was like oh and then they used them in ambulance and i was like oh no, wait they were challengers it was actually both there were chargers and challengers and ambulance and Considering how well I know that movie back and forth, I'm shocked that I didn't just know that off the top of my head. I, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. I hope Bay forgives me. All right, that's it for corrections. Let's move on to some news. Liam Neeson's Ice Road 2 is going to Amazon Studios after what is surprisingly being reported as the biggest deal of the year at Cannes Film Festival. More shockingly, this means that there's apparently an Ice Road 1? Right? Not to be confused with the History Channel's Ice Road Truckers. Like, what? I thought it... I was so convinced that they were talking about that movie he made, Cold Pursuit. 
Oh, oh my God. I was like, yes. I thought that movie was called something else. And I had to look it up and I found out. I was like, that's a completely different movie that came out in 2021. What? Wow. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Matt Damon says turning down the Jake Sully role in Avatar was the dumbest thing an actor ever did in the history of acting. In fact, one could say he blew it. <laughs> B-L-U-E. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon earns rave reviews after its premiere at Cannes Film Festival. Once again, leading to the age-old question, is this Merlin Scorsese guy really good or something? <laughs> but he doesn't like Marvel movies. Well, speaking of Marvel. Yeah, speaking of Marvel movies and Alex's favorite name to pronounce. <laughs> Florence Pugh says she's gotten flack from the indie film community for starring in Marvel movies. But yet, I'm the one who gets flack when Florence stars in my dreams. I mean, like, what am I supposed to do about that, okay? There seems to be an effective treatment I saw somewhere in this documentary called A Clockwork Orange. I could help. <laughs> Rebel Wilson has revealed that she auditioned for an unspecified role in the next James Bond movie. Good for her and all, but this better not mean that our next Bond is Corden. James Corden. Ah! No! They're all just singing the whole time. Yeah, he crams a bunch of people in the Aston Martin just to do uh, carpool no! karaoke. No! Oh, please, no. <laughs> Vin Diesel says more Fast Saga spinoffs are in the works, including a female-led feature. But fans of the franchise shouldn't worry. Diesel promises that even in the female-led movie, Michelle Rodriguez will still be underused. Oh. <laughs> For a second, I thought they were going to change it up or something. Whew. Heaven forbid. <sighs> That's a relief. Quentin Tarantino has revealed that Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the fictional actor Rick Dalton, has passed away at the age of 90. Unfortunately, Tarantino also revealed that fictional Sharon Tate was eventually murdered anyway. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh Ooh, that's a dark universe there, Quinn. Poor woman. It's been reported that 10 episodes of an Alien vs. Predator anime series are complete and sitting in the Disney vault. While many assume it was shelved due to the Disney Fox merger, it's actually because it's an Alien vs. Predator hentai series. <laughs> The aliens have more than just a second mouth. <laughs> I oh, don't Mia. Man, the mandibles and that, that whoa. Manhandle me with your mandibles, I think is one of the quotes. <laughs> Release the tiny mouth cut. <laughs> In some unfortunate news, Meg to the Trench is officially going to be rated PG thirteen. Boo! Boo Meaning that if you want to see some real R rated Megalodon action you're going to have to stick with that one scene from Shark Attack 3. <laughs> that's wow. for the real ones. No one's going, that's for the real ones, for sure. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Den of Thieves 2, Pantera, is officially in production with Gerard Butler and O'Shea Jackson returning. Not to be outdone, Heat 2 director Michael Mann is currently scrambling to find a role for the entirety of Slipknot. Sign me up. <laughs> and finally, just a couple quick things. There were some trailers that came out that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, we we talked about it separately, but the creator, uh, a yeah. movie with uh, I, what's what's John David Washington? Is that his name? I can never remember Denzel's son's name. Oh, I didn't even know he was related to Denzel Washington. Yeah. 
Yeah, my boy Lieutenant, the protagonist. I wow, I'm an idiot. Yeah, John David Washington. It's in, it's in his blood. That's why he's that's why he's got that that special something. But yeah, that trailer came. Uh, it's from Gareth Edwards, who many people know from either Rogue One or the first Godzilla movie, the 2014, not the first, the 2014 Godzilla movie. And Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton, right? Isn't it? Didn't Gareth Edwards do Mike? Wait, I don't think I so. That was her? um. Tony Gilroy, the other guy who, the guy who fixed uh, Rogue One. Thank you. That's, That's right. what, thank you for setting me straight. So, yeah, and I think that looks like a pretty cool movie. The trailer looks interesting, and uh, I mean, it, it looks like a Neil Blomkamp movie, without question. Which means there's going to be way more humanity in it than you, <laughs> right. you would suspect. And I was going to write something about now Neil Blomkamp trying to make a, a, uh, a Gareth Edwards movie, but I couldn't think of anything good there. But either way, it looks like an interesting trailer. I'm intrigued. And uh, they released the fuller trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Oh, fuck, I can't wait. Oh, my God, it's so soon. It's so soon. I can't wait. We're going to go see it, right? I mean, I'll, I'm seeing it. You guys can come with me. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan, I think. <laughs> All right. That's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. <laughs> Gerard Butler. <laughs> you gave me this one. That's awesome. This, yeah, is, this is a kind of a weak, a weak week, as one would say. Uh, yeah. Now playing in theaters is Kandahar. CIA operative and his translator flee from special forces in Afghanistan after exposing a covert mission. The action thriller is directed by Cliffhanger 2 director Rick Romanois. It stars Gerard Butler, Bahadur Faladi, oh goddammit, Naveed Nagabin, Elnaz Naruzi, Rebecca Calder, and Ali Fazal. And I apologize to all of those people. Um, I love that Gerard has just gotten, like, a shtick. He just makes yeah. these, like... These like kind of under like low budget action movies, and he works with a lot of the same directors. Like I, I, I love that for him. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I mean, he saw what the market was missing. He said, "You know what? Fine, I'll be that guy." Yeah. You know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Now playing at theaters is The Wrath of Becky. <laughs> Two years after she escaped a violent attack on her family, Becky attempts to rebuild her life from the care of an older woman. But when a group of men break into their home. Becky must return to her old ways to protect herself and her loved ones. The horror action thriller is written and directed by Matt Angel. It stars Lulu Wilson, Sean William Scott. Hi, welcome back, Sean William Scott. <laughs> Matt Angel. Oh, look at that. Matt Angel's in it as well. Uh, Allison Simmet, Aaron Dallavia, and Courtney Gaines. Courtney. Oh, I was thinking of Chris Gaines. I was like, isn't that the fake? Yeah, no. <laughs> isn't uh -huh. that the fake uh -huh. Garth Brooks guy? Hey, hey, that, hey, that woman looks a lot like Garth Brooks. <laughs> I never saw the first Becky. I always forget about it, and people say it's like I heard good things about it, and I like it's like an R-rated Home Alone or something like that. But I, I've never yeah, seen it. Pretty much, yeah. I, I, won't, I it's on my to watch list for sure. Right now, playing in theaters is The Little Mermaid. A oh. young mermaid makes a deal with a sea witch to trade <laughs> her beautiful voice for human legs. <laughs> So she can discover the world above water and impress a prince. <laughs> I love That's the copy for this. I'm sorry. That's like, my God. Yeah. Impress a prince. It is year, it is the year 2023. <laughs> she doesn't have to do anything to impress no prince. Oh, Pretty much, yeah. my God. That's so funny. The aquatic fantasy. Also funny. <laughs> <laughs> is directed by Rob Marshall. It stars Hallie Bailey, Jonah Hauer King, 
Melissa McCarthy, Javier Bardem, Aquafina, and David Diggs. That movie looks so underlit, like so underlit. It's it's dark. It's dark under the sea. I under guess the so. Sea. <laughs> By the way, one of the ways I knew that I was becoming an old man was several years ago when it took me a while to realize that Halle Bailey is a different is not. Like, I kept thinking people were mispronouncing Halle Berry or mistyping Halle Berry. And I was like, oh, this is an entirely different, younger, famous person with a slightly different name. And I was like, all right, I'm old. You know, I'm old now. Hey, man. Go take a nap, boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Coming soon to theaters is Simulant. Set in the near future, a humanoid enlists a global hacker to remove all restrictions on his thoughts and capabilities, triggering an AI uprising and a government manhunt to eliminate the rise of the machine consciousness. (sighs) Classic. The artificial intelligence sci-fi thriller is directed by April Mullen. It stars Robbie M. I love that guy. Jordana Brewster. Aww. Simi Liu. Sam yeah. Worthington, Alicia Sands, and Mako Nguyen. Simu Liu and Sam Worthington have two have such interesting careers. They're in these big movies, and they're in movies like this otherwise. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't Fascinating. it? Fascinating. Fascinating. And it's funny that you said you said it's funny that you said this week was a slow week of movies. Whoa, wait till you <laughs> each week has one big movie each. <laughs> true so on that note coming soon to theaters is the boogeyman Mm. high school student sadie harper and her young sister sawyer are reeling from the recent death of their mother and aren't getting much support from their father will a therapist who is dealing with his own pain when a desperate patient unexpectedly shows up at their home seeking help he leaves behind a terrifying supernatural entity that preys on families and feeds on the suffering of its victims The latest Stephen King adaptation, so you know it's good, <laughs> is directed by Rob Savage. It stars David Dasmalchen, Sophie Thatcher, Chris Messina, Marin Ireland, Vivian Lear Blair, and Madison Hugh. I love that Polka Dot Man is getting more work. Starring roles. Right? Even. Yeah. Coming soon to theaters is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash onto how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. The animated adventure is written by Dave Callahan, Phil Lord, and Christopher Miller, and is directed by Joaquim Dos Santos and Kemp Powers. It stars Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfield, Issa Rae, Jake Johnson, Oscar Isaac, and Jason Schwartzman. I have to rewatch the first one because that's one of those movies that I just like did not connect with as much as everyone else on the planet. I haven't seen the first one yet. I liked it. I liked the first one a lot. Other, people seem to say it's one of the greatest movies yeah. that's come out in the last decade and i i thought it was good i i don't know strange i think it's good but i think it's hyperbolic to say the great one of the greatest yeah. i don't know people like really sweat it like big time maybe maybe another watch will do it for me yeah either way i mean I'll, I'll see the sequel i'm sure that's it for new releases which means it's time for what did we watch this week oh man <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
It came out in 1992, but this week we watched Hard Boiled. A tough-as-nails cop teams up with an undercover agent to shut down a sinister mobster and his crew. The Hong Kong action thriller was directed by John Woo from a screenplay by Gordon Chan and Barry Wong. It stars Chow Yun-Fat, Tony Leung, Anthony Wong, Teresa Mo, Philip Chan, and Philip Kwok. So, as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Hard Boiled. So if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this watch movie and come back. It's finally available for rental or purchase on, on like, Prime Video or whatever. It, it has not been for a very long time. So, otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Hard Boiled? So, I need to say that I don't... This isn't really my kind of movie. I mean, it's not, yeah, not it's my not. kind of movie, but I'm not, like... I don't, like, know the you know, this and that about, like, Asian action movies. Yeah, you're 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 Hung. pretty new to this genre, I would I'm say. I'm new to this genre. So, excuse my, um, <laughs> I don't know. However, ignorance? I'm gonna, yes, my ignorance, thank you. Um, but yeah, what, uh, um, balls to the wall <laughs> action movie under like i i i i yeah like undercover cop i guess yeah that's the yeah because they're all undercover yeah it was um it felt for kind of a longer movie it it felt pretty quick um i i really enjoyed the opening that the like mean streets of hong kong with like the like the, (laughs) the like jazz music and he plays tequila plays clarinet clarinet Clarinet, yep jazz clarinet the most dangerous of all clarinets in (laughs) the jazz club as it's called the jazz club (laughs) the jazz club (laughs) i like that i like like that was good at setting the you know stage setting the tone setting the environment of the movie all the neon was great um, I really just loved how over the top and dramatic everything was. Even when people are like speaking, like everybody's yelling and everybody's <laughs> just like very emotional. And, um, you know, even when they're speaking quietly about something, it's still very <laughs> like dramatic. I enjoyed that. I liked, let's see, there's just a lot of really fun, like, camera stuff like there's there's kind of a shot of like the police car and like the camera's obviously like on the roof of the police car simple (laughs) stuff like that i really liked like with the lights the naked gunshot exactly (laughs) i really um liked the it took me a while to figure out what exactly was happening i was like what the fuck is with the roses I know it's overly complicated at points for sure. It is, yeah. Um, but then once I figured out the deal with the roses and you know, um, Tony Leung is is actually undercover and the whole roses thing was cool. And like the, and then like it like I don't even really know what it is. It was like a tune. It like it like there <laughs> yeah, were like so- numbers. That like it's right. an incredibly complicated way to 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 share 
secret messages because you got to know what the lyrics, what song the lyrics come from. And then you got to know the exact notes. And then you got to know what numbers they are on the scale of the key Mm -hmm. that the song is in. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all to unlock another vague message, (laughs) which is itself a code. (laughs) Yes. Love it. Um, So funny. I I actually really um Tony Leung is was such a good his whole like arc and you know struggle mm-hmm. being like the really undercover guy trying to like bust, you know. Well, but he was working for his uncle. That was true. So I don't no. think he was actually his uncle. I think He was never working for never. Like, he was no. literally undercover trying to take down yes. two separate arms dealers. Yeah, I'm going to um, say something, yes. like, that I'm sure, like, someone who actually, you know, maybe speaks, I think, was this originally in Cantonese? I, I think it was in Cantonese. It's Hong Kong, so it's usually Cantonese. Um, from what I've pieced together from Hong Kong cinema is a lot of times they'll use terms like uncle or grandpa or something like that. Um as like a sign of respect, but they're not actually related. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's in a lot of cultures that on it's in a lot of cultures yeah. around the world. I mean, we kind of do just, it here have, too, but I think it's like a little more official. You call anyone, you call any elder uncle yeah. or grandpa. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, exactly. he was he was working undercover for Uncle Hoy, I believe was his name. And yes. but the real goal was to get uh johnny was that his yeah johnny was to johnny. get johnny that's who he was really there to get yeah um yeah he was really great and i liked the point where they both started working together that was really cool i enjoyed the paper cranes every time he yeah it like kind of like like you know there's a lot of death in this film <laughs> there's a lot of oh, yeah you know, f- flagrant um, use of or loss of life, I suppose. So yeah. it was nice that, like, he, you know, folds a little paper crane and hangs it up on his boat. And, yeah. you know, that's how he kind of, like, makes peace with doing what he needs to do. So I thought that was, I don't know, nice. Completely different from what the character originally was envisioned as. Oh, my as God, well. I know, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. We can go into that. I'll go into that at some point, or Tim can. Yeah, I um, I I enjoyed. Um, let's see, so many um things that Chow Young Fat does are just badass. When he's sliding <laughs> down the um the railing, shooting with two guns, mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. ha- like that for sure is not f- possible, but he does it anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you could do it. It doesn't really make sense necessarily, but it's great. Yeah. I love yeah. when he's covered in flour. That was cool. That was funny. Yep. Yeah. He's actually a really I haven't really I mean, I'm sure I've seen other film other movies that he's in, but I can't really recall. But he's like pretty funny. I feel like he's a good <laughs> comedian. Yeah. Yeah, he kinda like fell into action stardom. That wasn't really like what his career was doing, and it just mm. kind of happened. Yeah. He he was a soap opera actor. Yeah. That was what made him famous. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and lastly, um when he, you know, zip lines into the um warehouse with the smoke bombs and yeah. It's like how how long is he taking to get to the ground? Like he's just like swinging back and like 
<laughs> it can't be <laughs> that long to get to the ground, but he's but he's like like he just kept like swinging out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I thought that was funny and great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's a classic film for a reason in the annals of Hong Kong action and just action movies in general. Um, Alex, remind me, was this was Hard Boiled the first movie that kind of broke Wu and Charlie on Fat into the Western worlds yes. of cinema? Or so this movie apparently did worse in Hong Kong than like a a, a Better Tomorrow and The Killer, but mm-hmm. it got like really positive buzz in America. And even though Wu was considering working in America already, apparently the fact that this did so much better in America than his previous than it did in Hong Kong, he decided to kind of speed it up and that's why he jumped over here and did hard target. Right. So yeah, and uh I mean it shows why. I mean it's got all the hallmarks of great action. Yeah. Um and historically action movies do the best internationally anyway. Um because it's a lot it's a lot more showing uh, um, yeah. than telling. Uh yeah, I mean Got to give it up for the production of this movie. I think it took 123 days wow. to, to to get this movie completed, 40 of which were shooting the hospital scene. Um, it just like the Herculean effort and ridiculous amount of just throwing caution to the wind to get this movie made, you know, which is a lot of Hong Kong movies where which is just like disregard safety. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they did a lot of fucked up shit. Like, you just got to go. Got to do go, go, go. But like, yeah, the the... They had to rewrite this movie from what it was originally envisioned as, and the writer died while writing it. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the rewrite. Um, Michelle Yeoh was initially meant to be the love interest of Chow Yun-Fat. I don't know why she didn't get the part, because they had her in mind, and then when they cast uh, the other actress, they had to completely rewrite her character on top of every all the other rewrites. So apparently it was because originally Tony Leung was supposed to be like a full-on villain. And then yeah, he was like changed... a psychopath poisoning baby food. Yeah, and then oh, they wow. changed it to make him kind of the co-lead. So instead mm. of Michelle Yeoh being the co-lead, he kind of took that part. So uh, that's when they cast Teresa Mo in that part and reduced it heavily right. um, from okay. what it was going to be when it was Michelle Yeoh. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. So, yeah, like all the things that I've just we've just talked about, like that's why it's a good movie because it's like. It's pretty like rough and rugged in terms of getting this thing out and into the world. Yeah. You know, and and, and like the first, the the tea house, the movie opens on the tea house thing, Matt, that you were talking about Um, that they shot before they even had the script. Oh, they shot that to make use of the building that was getting torn down. The tea house is getting torn down. And John was like, damn it. I really wanted to use this because the stairs down, I, I, he had a vision of a guy sliding down the banister shooting at gangsters. Like, that was the, the impetus for that. Yeah. It's like, well, we just, we don't have a script yet, John. Well, that's fine. Let's just go. We'll make it up. We'll figure it out, which I think can, you know, um, so yeah, it's just that, like, that classic, just get this movie out into the world do go 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 like insanity of it i I just love it and it shows it so well and yeah the the actions it's classic john woo john woo literally meant to said when he started this production's movie i'm not going to make a flashy movie oops i john wooed it because i'm john woo and i did i invested in all these high-speed cameras already 
yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's awesome from what it was to what it became. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little. It just throws you into the deep end. Yeah, you got to catch the movie. It says got to catch up with us. You got who's Foxy? You don't know who Foxy <laughs> is. Oh, Foxy was that guy. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! Wait, the other guy's Mad Dog. Wait, what? You know, like okay, cool. Oh, all right, thanks. Finally, telling me these characters' names forty minutes into the movie. But yeah, it's just it's it's just classic Hong Kong action cinema. It's it's great. Oh yeah. And, I, I I can't I just to see the damn thing. It's a classic for a reason. It's in the Criterion Collection for a reason. For crying out loud, <laughs> out of print in the Criterion Collection. Yes. Well, yeah. Well. But it counts. It still counts. <laughs> it it still counts. It's still still in there. Just like Armageddon being and Armageddon and the Rock being in the Criterion Collection. Oh, Armageddon's up. <laughs> so yeah, fucking hard boiled. Oh my god. Um. So I I know I've told you guys this before, but so I I remember. One of my clearest movie watching memories is of my brother Adam bringing this movie home from Blockbuster and being like, Mm. Alex, like, drop what you're doing and watch this movie. You need to see it right now. Um, I, I remember at the time him describing it as the greatest action movie of all time. And I don't know if that is untrue still. Like, I, I... I think it's definitely possible, you know, because even if other movies have kind of built on what it it did, I mean, it it set a precedent that is still being chased to this day. Um, it I I just remember being it. I remember it making other movies look boring in comparison. I was like, you mean like action can look like this? That's completely insane. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I I fucking love this movie. So like. John, I, I, one of the first thing I really love about this movie is the vibes. It just has like a great vibe, which, which John mm-hmm. Woo is good at. One of the things that's kind of that I, I've learned about John Woo is he's just kind of like an instinctive director. He doesn't go insane with a lot of prep. A lot of stuff is made up as he goes. He doesn't necessarily care if stuff makes logical sense. He just kind of goes with his gut. And, you know, Sometimes that can backfire on you when you're a director, but sometimes it can give your movie this kind of special something that no amount of preparation could possibly give you. And that is definitely present in this movie. I love how it starts with like the the making of the drink and he slams it on the table. You know, it's like a hard <laughs> life, but then it shows him rocking ass with his clarinet. Like, you know, like it's a hard life with this beauty in it. And it shows like, you know, this is a sexy crime world, as you were saying, Matt, like that this is like a hard Hong Kong where fucked up shit happens. And we learn that tequila is an artist, even with death. Um, The way they introduce Tony, Tony Leung with that that fucking music playing and him driving in his car and all these amazing shots of the city as he's driving and then him. Like in slow mo, go into the library and that whole fucking thing, and then like tequila, managing to find the right book out of the entire library is one of the most <laughs> gangster fucking moments in movie oh, history. Oh, I know that was cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just knows. He just knows. Oh my god! All the shots of all the motorcycles when they're going to the warehouse with the music playing. Like, Mad Dog lighting his cig with the car fire has to be one of the greatest shots in in movie (laughs) history. Like, just, like, the the vibes in this movie. This movie is just cool as shit. 
Um, and that's not even counting the action. Like the, the action is just this like beautiful, messy chaos. They would call it, people call it like bullet ballets. They call this genre heroic bloodshed, by the way. It's just like insane explosions, so much destruction. Any, any guns are being fired. Everything in the direction of the gun is blowing up. You know, smoke yeah, and sparks debris, everywhere, sparks, everything. It just makes it so visceral and exciting. It's just so good. The way that like Chayun Fett flies over the table as the flower <laughs> goes everywhere. That mm. ridiculous kill shot, the sliding down the stairs. How he flies into Tony Leung's boat. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> like the whoosh, whoosh, like the. The way that Wu frames shots and the way he moves camera is just like impeccable. Like he uses these uses wide lenses well. He puts like depth and hazy backgrounds in there, which I you guys know I love. Um <laughs> the bright highlights and halos from lights, I think, are really like add something to this movie. Tequila swinging in and shooting everyone in the warehouse scene <laughs> for like 20 minutes. Him uh him jumping over the bike that's sliding at him as he shoots the shotgun in the midair and shoots some other guy in the bike in midair. Yep. Totally young, jumping through the car as it gets shot and sparks fly everywhere. Like, what an incredible so shot. The guy, yeah, the guy, there's that really good shot when, during the boat attack of the guy coming up onto the boat to shoot tequila and the camera moves to the left, and you don't realize why it's doing that until Tony the Young come, pops out of the hatch from the bottom of the boat and shoots the guy. It's just so perfectly framed. Like, the, it's such a great shot. Like, it, it, oh, it's so good. It's such a great, like, nice surprise that he just pops up. So good. The, the shot of the mailbox exploding as Tequila jumps past it at the, at the, uh, dock. Alan getting kicked and sl the whole gurney thing when he pretending to be oh, on yeah. the gurney and it's get kicked and he slides off the gurney and then he flips off and he kicks yeah. the guy coming in throws it oh my god and, and then like there's a really good like a really popular thing nowadays is oneers or um you know long shots one take shots which are faked a lot with uh cuts yep. nowadays but there's a really impressive oneer in this movie during the the highway the the hallway shootout as they say in the movie and uh this is this is common trivia for people who love this movie but for those of you that don't they do this whole thing Tony Leung accidentally shoots the cop they go into the elevator and they're talking and then they come out on the other floor to keep shooting it's all the same floor the guys had the crew had to redress and clean that floor within 20 seconds God. in order to complete the rest of the shot Oh, wow. Um, God. Fucking incredible. There's all these amazing shots of people jumping through windows. The, the, the shot of Alan and Mad Dog running and shooting at each other from opposite sides of the wall, ending with Mad Dog jumping through a window all in one shot mm -hmm. has got to be one of the greatest shots in action movie history, like without question. And then, of course, Tequila singing to a baby as he straight up murders a bunch of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking classic action. Then the last few things I'll mention is the the music in this movie fucks. I love the music in this movie. It's so good. It reminds me of Commando in a lot of places. Yeah, it, it, I can see that. It's like jazzy. It, like uh, it, it's just like got these great like maracas and shit. Yeah, it's like, the percussion uh, that really does it. Yeah. It's it's such a good. It's the music is so good, and the cast is incredible. No one chews a toothpick like Chow Yun Fat. Um, yes, I love John Woo playing Mister Woo. 
the guy at the jazz yeah. club. Um, <laughs> Mad Dog, uh, who's uh, Philip Kwok, who is also the action coordinator for this movie. He's he's so good. And uh, Tony Leung is 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 so damn good in this movie. So cool. Um, the whole thing with him having to kill Uncle Hoy and like smiling mm-hmm. and then turning and like his face tearing up. Yeah. Um, was such good acting. Um, and, uh, also I'll just say that Tequila is an all-timer action cop in my mind. He's, like, up there with Dirty Harry and John McClane, for me personally. Oh, God, yes. Um. Absolutely. Which is, which is cool. And then the last thing I'll say is how, in the midst of all this insanity, this movie is about friendship. It's a movie. A movie yeah. about finding friendship, it's like two men fighting their macho instincts, finding friendship in a hard world. Yeah, man, compelling. You know, like it. It's it's interesting that it would actually have more of a point than just people shooting at each other, but it does. Fantastic. Well, I mean, Tequila's big, you know, uh, trauma in the movie they care to is what benny he loses yep. his friend benny at the start you know so like yeah and then he f- grows to feel a connection with alan and then he gets so worried that he'll die like it, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 interesting it's what i would say this is one of the better movies about like actually you know what like this is a thing that i i've said before to to no one because yeah. you guys weren't there but like a lot of Action movies being about fr- two men trying to find friendship is a thing. Because if you think about it, Die Hard is an incredible movie about how hard it is to make friends as an adult. Yeah, that's a good point. John has to go through all that shit to meet his new best friend, fucking Officer Powell. Like, all of that. Oh, the man. whole, the whole like, climax of the movie is him finally coming to face with his new best friend. And he had to go through all that shit to do it. So, like, this, this goes in there with Die Hard as a an action movie that's actually about friendship between men which is often more difficult than you would think i mean it just furthers the stereotype that men will do anything <laughs> to avoid than therapy talk. even <laughs> shooting 200 people in a hospital uh so do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about otherwise known as the cronies in honor of david cronenberg big time cronies to the baby stuff. <laughs> oh, I know. It was originally worse. Just like all <laughs> the like room, the like the the like nursery full of crying babies, and like they have <laughs> to just like they're supposed to just like leave them, and like yeah. and then the baby that like Chow Yuk Fat is that tequila's holding that gets like the blood <laughs> splattered on his face. I, I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, I know. Yeah, the babies. That was a lot. And they're like holding babies, trying to get them out the window, and the bad guys are shooting at them. I know. Fucking ugh. Fucked up. Yeah. So I didn't. That was pretty cronyish. And then honorable mention to I I forget her name Teresa. Yeah. Um, I like that she had a little bit more to do towards the end. Yeah. She was cool. I mean, now that I know that Michelle Yeoh almost started it as like an even bigger part, that's too bad that that didn't happen, but right. I um I like that she was like kind of like the smart one throughout the movie. She was like help getting yes. the flowers and like kind of like decoding everything and 
at the end she like puts herself in you know harm's way to help everybody and rescue the babies (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah she was cool i mean if there's gonna be a crony for this movie it's the fact that it's a full contact reunion even though these movies came out the same year i know because because Chow Yun Fat and Anthony Wong, <laughs> yeah, very very different role for Anthony Wong in this one. Yes, between for sure. Because yeah, because what was it? Uh, his Sammy character in Full Contact is weak willed and then becomes hard, yeah. but still weak willed. Yep. Whereas Johnny in this is just a piece of shit through and through. <laughs> he sure is. Um, so yeah, cronies to that. Though, I mean, the, both movies came out in '92, but it just felt it's just fun seeing like, look at these two guys again, yay! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and honorable mention, Hero Baby, yeah, Chayon Fat's Hero Baby. That that baby comes through in a pinch, helps extinguish some flames. Uh, so I mean, yeah, the baby was put through the ringer, but also pulled his own weight. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's that's a good point. What a great partner. Yeah. yeah. I believe you I believe you referred to the baby as the best wingman or something at one point. Probably. And, uh, that's <laughs> it's you're right. You're right. <laughs> um so it's already came up, but honorable mention to the club being called the Jazz Club. Fantastic. <laughs> um major cronies to like Jesus Christ, I, I I can't enjoy my fucking tea with all these birds chirping. Oh my god. <laughs> that would drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honorable mention to how much the tea house scene is similar to the first big McBain clip we ever see on Simpsons. Huh. You know? His partner wow. gets killed. He was talk wasn't he talking about retiring or his kid or yeah, something? <laughs> yeah. He has he has a he has a boat to live forever. Right, right. M- McBain's yeah. partner. But also this guy was talking about his family or his dreams or something, and then he gets killed. Yeah. Um Honorable mention to the like ceremony and ritual and secrecy of the undercover cops with like the the dossier with the like stamp on it that the cop that the, the chief has to burn. Mm-hmm um confidential burning yeah i like that uh i like when tequila is talking about how we can't afford an apartment and he said something like how can i get married if i can't afford a decent place for the boss to live in and someone (laughs) said something about like like living at the jazz club and someone says at least you'll have plenty of sacks over there yeah great joke (laughs) great joke Cronies to the incredibly annoying and complicated way to send and receive coded messages, as we talked about. (laughs) I love the boss saying, this is a fucking order in English to show that he means it. That's a a trope that I love in non-English speaking movies that always makes me laugh. Um, Honorable mention to all the changes that you talked about, Tim, which I think absolutely made this movie better. as you were saying, the the original plot was Tony Leung being this like psychopath who poisons baby formula, and uh, he changed it because he thought it was gross. And then Mad Dog was a last minute addition uh, because he because John Woo decided that uh, Johnny Wong was that his name, the bad guy. Johnny yeah. Johnny Wong was yep, not Johnny. enough of a threat. Yeah, uh, real quick, since you mentioned Mad Dog again, I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, he was. He worked on Brotherhood of the Wolf. I looked ah. up. I saw that he was like random, like a uh, random crew or something. He must have been on the stunt team. Ad- yeah, additional, additional crew, crew. Yeah, stunt right. team. Yeah. yeah, I know. Good for he. He was like a, a he was like an action star in the seventies. He has like a long history in Hong Kong cinema. 
He was in this other random movie I saw called like The Big Heat, which is a really insane movie. That's on Tubi, um, if you want to check it out. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Someone gets pulled apart by an elevator. It's a surprisingly bloody movie. Uh, but it, Oh, my God. Yeah, I got to see this movie. You should watch it. I, I highly recommend it. But yeah, Mad Dog was great. Great last minute addition. And I love that Alan gets a happy ending. Um, which also was not originally part of the plan. Um, yeah. Because the movie is equally about him. It's about both of them. I thought that was great. Honorable mention to all the fun wipes and transitions between scenes. So many. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of dissolves. <laughs> a lot of dissolves. Um, honorable mention to the gun in the box of roses, which is not a Terminator 2 reference. Um, both Terminator <laughs> 2 and this were referencing older movies. Yep. Honorable mention to the shot of blood spraying on the window. With the nurse feeding the oh. old man when Mad Dog kills Foxy. <laughs> Such a horror movie yeah, moment know, right? in the middle of this yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. And then the cut co- and then the, the fake security cleaning it up, like, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about, about it. All, Keep going. Don't worry about all this fucking blood. It's fine. Um yeah. I love how the arsenal under the hospital looks like it should be like Magneto's Fortress or something. It's so good. It's such a great set. <laughs> it's so intense. It's so overdone. It's a huge so door. Yeah. Um I love uh, Tequila using his uh, handcuffs to unscrew the bolt. And unscrew the bullet. Yeah, I know. Those things do so much. I never knew. Um, Yeah. Cronies to when Tequila punches Mad Dog in the eye, causing blood to leak onto the bandage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real nasty. Cronies to Alan shooting the cop. I love, but I loved how that, like, he tries to lie to him and then he admits that it was a cop and he just goes, fuck. Mm. I love, uh, honorable mention to Teresa shooting that dude four times in the stomach for slapping her. Oh, yeah. Good yeah, for you. Good. good for you, Teresa. Don't take shit. Not that everyone should just shoot. You, you, you know what I mean. Um, everything between Alan and Mad Dog at the end was so great, especially when they both realize that neither one of them wants to hurt innocent people when they're caught in the crossfire. That whole part was great. Um, they honorable mention to them managing to make me feel bad when Mad Dog died. Like he was not, he killed so many people. In that I know. Movie, and I was like, Mad Dog. Well, but it's because because like you just said, because Mad Dog had some form of code. Yeah, yeah. They made him really. And you can always you can always sympathize with a villain who has some form of code. I agree. I agree. Um, and then the last two I'll mention was honorable mention to Chayun Fat actually running away from the explosion in the hallway at the end himself, not a stunt guy. And honorable mention to the insert shot of the dummy head when Johnny is <laughs> shot in the eye at the end. Yeah, <laughs> what a yeah. great dummy head. That was so great. So what didn't you like about Hard Boiled? Was there anything that confused you? I was confused about Magneto's fortress underneath <laughs> the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, I like I think I just like looked down for a second and was like, wait, where are they? (laughs) It does seem very out of nowhere. It doesn't fit the rest of the movie, really. No, it's very like super villainy. Like, I'm going to I'm going to build my arsenal underneath a hospital where there's (laughs) sick people above me and they could all die. I know. Insta hostage. Insta hostage. Take that (laughs) X-Men. And no one can stop me. And no one can stop me. Um, so I was confused by that, and then I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, very out of place, I feel. Hmm. So I was confused by that. There wasn't really anything that I straight up disliked. Um, I mean, I was kind of confused some of the time in general, just keeping track of who was who and what was what. Um, and like, you know, up until the point 
when you find out that Alan is really undercover, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. who's the guy in the library that was like, I, I, I was just, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, besides that, no, no bad things, just a couple confusing things. Yeah, I agree with Matt. It's the movie suffers from, you know, just throwing you into the deep end. You got to figure it out. And the movie will tell you eventually when it gets around to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that can push, that can make people feel weird. It can make people feel like, did I miss something? What? I'm I'm confused. I'm super confused. Oh, no, wait. That 30 minutes later, it's revealed. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're not used to being thrown in and just accepting it, then yeah, it's 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 a rough go. It definitely benefits from multiple viewings. Oh yeah, definitely. You, you know, like you watch any, most most Hong Kong action flicks. Like you watch it a second time, it always feels so much better, right? Um, because a lot of them, like I said, it's just it's it, it's always in media res. Just like here's the scene, <laughs> go. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. Again, I'll mention full contact again. Like that's another movie that benefits from a second viewing. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's really the big flaw of it. It's just you know, it's just the genre. You just got to deal with it. You just you'll learn things when you learn them. You're not expected. If you think you need everything front loaded to enjoy the movie, too bad. Right. Just be patient. <laughs> I think like the spoon feeding the audience is a very American concept. Yes, it is. It is. Well, because the, the American concept is always, always about the lowest common denominator. Yeah. You got to make sure. And to the detriment, unfortunately, to a lot of things. I agree. Yeah, probably. The only thing I like don't like, and it, it's not even like a really dislike thing, is like the whole like them in Magneto's fortress blowing up the door scene <laughs> and talking and stuff. I always feel like that goes on forever. I, I don't know why. Mm. It doesn't actually. It's really not that long, but it's like. It's probably one of the only parts of the movie that I feel like the momentum kind of like halts a little bit. Um, otherwise, the movie just like goes. So I think because that's like the that's like the slow moment where the two of them really kind of get to know each other. It kind of like sticks out in my mind as like the this is the bathroom break part of the movie. But it it's not because it is. It is. It's it's a all of it's good. But for some reason, it's it sticks out to me as the slower portion of the movie it's the it's the character development heavy part yeah yeah you know because because we need to we need to establish that relationship right now this instant so the stakes can be raised right like in a, in a movie that's less like balls to the wall i probably wouldn't even notice i i'd probably yeah. it probably wouldn't even stick yeah. out to me as like slow i'd probably be like oh what a good scene you know <laughs> um do you have a favorite death scene i mean <laughs> Um, the eye, the, the gun, the shot to the eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that guy definitely deserved it. That's Johnny. Yeah, that's Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. He was a real piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, I think that's my favorite. I got to go with, uh, the beginning tea house. How the, 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 the final kill in the tea house scene uh, where Chion Fat ends up murking the undercover cop that killed Benny, his friend. Yep. And it's just because it's just because like it's right there. It just happens first thing in the movie. It's just like there's no hesitation. You thought there's gonna be more hesitation in that? Nope. Guns in the guy's face, bam. The blood on his face. 
blood on his yeah. his flower caked face. It's pretty good. So yeah, I gotta give it to that one. And again, this movie is oops, all cops really. There's so many undercover cops. <laughs> I know. I that know. guy was I'm a like, cop too. Ah. Is he bad? Is he bad? Is he good? <laughs> yeah. Is he good? And I mean, even the hospital scene with the sur- the surgeon performing surgery, they're like the the the, the bad guy shows is like, you guys must stop by doing it, kill you, and then surprise, that nurse is an undercover cop, CIS. <laughs> yeah. I know they're everywhere. That yeah. baby yeah, everywhere. was even a cop. I'm telling you. <laughs> They should have put a cute mustache on the baby or something. <laughs> <laughs> they burned his file at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are both fantastic kills that I, I would absolutely give it to. But I think this time, the one that I enjoyed the most was in the warehouse scene when one of the when they're first the, the bad guys like Al, Alan and his boys are attacking the guys before the before Uncle Hoy comes. They like you know, Mad yeah. Dog and them take out a bunch of dudes. And at one point, I think it was Mad Dog. It might have been someone else on a motorcycle. Uh, jumps the bike into the back of a truck and just slams into a guy. And it's a dummy. Yeah. Just gets run Pancakes over him. by the bike. <laughs> Love that. And then shoots a dude on the way out. Yeah. So good. So good. And also, of course, the whole, like, I just want to mention that Mad Dog, like, sliding off the bike and, like, shooting mm-hmm. people. Ugh, fucking incredible. Yeah. So, uh, would you give any random aesthetic choices in Hard Boiled a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers and the Neil Blancet movie Demonic? I mean, all the baggy suits, all the baggy <laughs> pleated, pleated pants. I was almost I like, know. "Wow, I wish I was tall enough to put p- pull that off." <laughs> yeah, it's a look. It makes you feel any better, cool. Matt. It makes you feel any better, Matt. As a tall man, no one can really pull it off. <laughs> I know, know Chalion Fatser did. Chow yeah, Yun Fat yeah. pulled it off. Johnny had that like I don't know mustardy color suit that was very nice. Yeah, he had very colorful fair, suits. Fair. Yeah, I just love the fashion, the '91 fashion, <laughs> the yep. shoulders and the jackets, <laughs> the padding, the padding. <laughs> yeah, everybody's smoking. Oh God, yeah, that movie reeks of cigarettes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I practically just, was coughing watching it. Just cool. I mean. Kids don't smoke cigarettes, but cigarettes are kind of cool. Sorry. Yeah, Um, like (laughs) let's be honest. Like, if anyone tells you that smoking doesn't make you look cool, they are incorrect. But you shouldn't do it. (laughs) Don't smoke. Yeah, kids don't Don't smoke. smoke. Say no to drugs. Right. Now I got to give on that on the fashion tip. It's uh, that one scene where Tony Young is decompressing from. Uncle Hoy's death, and he's on the boat sailing. Oh yeah! And he's got this one multicolored shirt on, and it's open. It's a button-down shirt. It's open. He's got his like undershirt on underneath, and it's just billowing in the breeze with his myriad of colors. It's <laughs> it's Alan's Technicolor dream shirt. Is that when he screams too? <laughs> that's when that that's the screams. scene where he screams. Yeah. At the oh bow. yeah, that was good. Yeah. That, that was, was good. good. Yeah, the pathos. The, I know, I know. It's so good. So yeah, that's that's my favorite. 90 fashion yeah that, those those are great um there's so many there's so many possibles uh all the cranes all the paper cranes i i just i enjoy the the beauty and simplicity of them in such a violent movie um yeah uh potential breaky for johnny the villain johnny's colorful blazers and ties <laughs> potential breaky for the shot of the bloody book outline just 
Mm-hmm. Just it's an iconic thing. And I I would almost give it to the shots of Alan driving in his car. I I I'm this close to giving it to that, but I think I'm gonna give my breaky to the shot of Mad Dog lighting his sig with the fire in the warehouse scene. Yeah. I I think I'm giving it to that. I mean it is badass. It's yeah. it's just it's just such a fantastic shot. Like what a great shot. Because he has to because he has to dip his head real low <laughs> to get that lit. Yeah. Um finally, and I guess this is more this is probably mostly a question for Matt at this point. Do you see do you ever <laughs> see yourself watching Hard Boiled again? And do you think you'd recommend it to anyone? Yeah, I think um I will watch it again. Probably not anytime soon, but I think it um like you said, definitely will benefit from a second watch Mm. yeah and i don't know yeah if i ever am talking to somebody who likes action movies but is like me and maybe not familiar with the international realm of action movies i will say there's this one movie you should check it out (laughs) it's called hard boiled (laughs) why is it called hard boiled because because they used to say people are like hard-boiled detectives and hard-boiled uh, cops yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll definitely watch it again. I, I watch it fairly regularly. I I recommend it to people whenever I think they would enjoy it. And uh, yeah. I think Tim would say the same. Oh, no, yeah. I've, yes, yeah, I agree with you 100%. So I don't have anything to add. Yes, I've seen it before. <laughs> I'll see it again, and I'll do it again. I'm a repeat offender. <laughs> I repeat, I will Lock offend again. Lock me up. Yeah, lock me up. I'll watch this movie again. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> um, all right. Before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend or not recommend? Nah. 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 All right. Um, I saw two movies. I'll try to be quick. First, I saw Air, the new Ben Affleck movie about Air Jordan. <laughs> it's like, it's good. It's like one of those, like, you know, those like capitalism, it's what I will call a capitalism gambling movie. It's about (laughs) when people, the creative people who are involved in money making ventures and the ways that they do creative things that accomplish something and unfortunately also create a lot of money for rich people that don't need any more of it. Um, That would Mm -hmm. include movies like Moneyball in their social network. um, Yeah. Ford v Ferrari. Um, it's it's one of those kinds of movies, and like it's just like they're fascinating stories. They're 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 all kind of predictable. They're all kind of the same, but it's a good movie, good cast, good acting, um, and it's a fast. It, yeah, it's a fascinating story. And Ben Affleck is a good director, and his character just every time his character shows up in the movie, I laughed. Like he just like made me fucking crack up. But yeah, it was a good movie. And I also saw Fast X. No. Um, did you hit the Nas? I, I did hit the Nas. Oh, man, did I hit the Nas. I'll tell you. I'll cut it out because, you know, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares? No one listens to this. I'm my family. But I, I got I got like pretty high and I saw it in IMAX. And holy shit, what an adventure that was. Um, and I I really enjoy the fast series not so much since paul walker died i think they kind of lost their way but i finally kind of figured out the movies from eight to now eight to ten they're superhero movies they're dom toretto 
is the superhero car man who uses his amazing <laughs> car powers to work with the rest of the car family in car shield <laughs> to defeat car joker because that is who jason momoa in this, is in this movie car joker um oh my god he's completely over the top and super ridiculous i wish the movies were like more visually inspired they're kind of like basic which is kind of a bummer but um there, and, like, of course, once again, there's, like, a whole touching tribute to Paul Walker, and they play the music yeah. that they played at the end of Part 7 when they said goodbye to him, which is so weird because his character's alive. <laughs> it's so strange. Jeez. Cena is, John Cena's in it, and he's, like, good, but he's, like, playing Peacemaker in this movie, unlike in the previous movie where he was a lot more serious. Um, it kind of felt like... Vin Diesel pulled a Tommy Wiseau and he just wanted to make a movie that was like his vision and Justin Lin the original director and the guy who pretty much brought the series back from the dead was like I don't want to do that and so Vin was like get the fuck out of here and then he contacted Louis Leteria and he was like hey do you want to do this you have nothing to lose your career is forever in the middle and he was like sure I'll do whatever you want um there's two very good fight scenes with Charlie Theron in the movie, like very good. The best fights in the movie, I would say, one of which is against Michelle Rodriguez. So that was pretty cool. cool. Brie Larson is in it. And it's just like it looks like she just showed up for a day and is having the time of her life. So good for her. She got to be pretty <laughs> tough in it, too. Alan Richson is in it and he's pretty good. I'm glad that he's kind of blowing up. Uh, it was a strange movie, but I think I liked it. If I would say if you liked the other recent movies, um, you'd probably like this one. I would say. All right. I was originally going to do another Fast and Furious review of the movie, like I did on the first episode of this podcast, but I didn't oh. feel like putting it together. So, oh well. Fair wow. enough. Why is that guy cone of phrase? Ah, one of the great lines from Last Action Hero means we are out of time. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, assuming we aren't shot point blank by a man covered in flour before then. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions for me, Matt, or Tim, you can reach us through our email, aiptmoviespod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at aiptmoviespod. If you like this podcast or any of the great podcasts, articles, or features on AIPT, you can help support the site and the people who work on it by signing for a Patreon at patreon.com slash aiptcomics. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to love movies. They may not be able to love you back, but they'll always be there for you. Bye. Give a man two guns and he thinks he's God. Bye.